Welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. I am Kevin Bapti, and I'm joined, as always, by my brothers, Adam. Hey, what's going on, guys? And Craig. Hey, guys. How are we doing? Welcome, guys. I, I hope you're not too deep into the Robin eggnog today, because we have a lot to talk about. Adam, well, I'm already kind of us... confused, because you threw to me first, and usually you throw to Craig, so I'm you already kind of shaking up. I, I actually, I consciously try to switch that up, because I don't want either of <laughs> you to think that you're, you know, there's a pecking order here. You're not ranking brothers here? <laughs> it's an important part of being an older brother, is to make sure you both feel special. Oh, my God. All right, Adam. Well, you failed, you... I think, both of us. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, give us a tournament recap. Yeah, it was the last PGA Tour event of the 2020 calendar year. Uh, the Mayakoba Golf Classic in Playa del Carmen, Mexico at El Camillion Golf Club. Uh, coming into Sunday, Emiliano Grillo had a one-shot lead. Uh, but like Grillo can, he went a little bit cold with his putter and he, he fell off. It came down the stretch to Victor Hovland and Aaron Wise late on Sunday. Um, but with a birdie on 18... Victor Hovland got it and captured his second PGA Tour win. Guys, I mean, halfway through that Sunday round, we had a jumble leaderboard. Did you think Hovland was going to pull it out? Was he the most likely? Craig? Well, I mean, first things first, I just want to, I'm just so happy you got Mayakoba right there. Uh, it's been a bit <laughs> up and down all week. You really started to come bring it together. But uh, it's, also, really, it's also Playa del Carmen, not Playa del Carmen. Oh, so, so we got you halfway there, but uh, <laughs> maybe next year we'll get, we'll get the whole way. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we talked about it in our, our showdown video going into Sunday. I felt like we both sort of see, it felt like Hovland was the one who was most menacing on on the leaderboard uh i i think i felt that way through most of the round that he was once it looked like grio was not just going to take off uh hovland was the one to beat i think uh and I, I don't know it would have been by the turn i think he was two up um i don't know when exactly it was that he he sort of took that lead uh but to me just in terms of the class of the player and and where he was it felt yep. like it was sort of his to lose I agree. Yeah, he got off to a hot start there. I think he had three birdies in his first five holes or something like that. Um, and and he kind of jumped out in front. Griot was having a bit of a, a tough time, a bit of a slow start. And then I, I think he faded away kind of as he made the turn. But um, I certainly thought that Hovland was in the driver's seat. But what do you guys think about his post-round interview? He certainly doesn't seem like he, you know, he, he says he feels like he's not good in those situations <laughs> yeah. and that he's nervous and his hands were shaking. Had I known that, I might have thought of things a little bit differently. But at the time, he certainly seemed to be in control. It's so crazy. I mean, you feel like in that situation, these guys have to be like, I was confident. I knew I was going to drain that putt. But he's like, I already liked the guy, but I just like liked him even more after that interview. He's so open and honest about what's going through like his mind. He's like, yeah, I was shaking. Like I was nervous up there. I'm like, no one, no one admits that. They don't like, they don't say I don't want the ball in the last, like the last shot or I don't want that putt to win. Uh, yeah. You love, you love the candor for sure. Yeah. And even, even how he said, he's like, and I hit that putt and, and it happened to go in. So <laughs> I mean, he, his other win, he had, he hit a bomb in 18 or on a 72nd hole to win. So, he, I mean, he closes. I don't know why he doesn't have confidence. So I think the one thing, the other one, like his Puerto Rico win, that one, I don't feel like you feel like you're expected to make that, you know? Whereas this one, when you have the putt he had to win yeah. today, you feel like you need to make that. Um, it's just in that range of like, if you miss it, it kind of seems a little bit choke and it's it's close enough and that like it's not it. it's not short enough that it's like a huge choke yeah but it would be like, like oh. oh man like you didn't take advantage of the yeah. opportunity yeah. um so speaking of puerto rico adam i think this was uh you that noticed this so so make the announcement the puerto rico curse is broken i think everyone <laughs> thought uh, i mean so we've had the winners of the puerto rico open never have won another pga tour event other um, than the puerto yeah, rico okay. open yeah. other than the puerto rico time. open again <laughs> Many thought it was going to be Fino that finally. Uh, I come. certainly thought it was going to be Fino. Even going into today, I thought it might be Fino. I was going to say even through Friday, Saturday of this week. Uh, but Hovland did it. I mean, he, he broke did the it. curse. The, the curse is broken. Yeah. yeah wait on back. The, just give back. Winners, to... previous winners' shoulders, right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now they all they're all really freed up. Maybe Fino is really going to break through now. <laughs> Probably. He just needed that monkey off his It's back. like one small step for Hoblin, one giant leap for Fina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but getting, getting back to what he said uh, after in his post-round interview, I think it's one of these things where a, a player like Hovland, who's so talented, uh, their early career and like a putt like that can just lead to sort of a snowball of momentum. Because if he is the type of guy that gets a little bit nervous, maybe it's just, you know, within his personality that he's he's thinking about the implications of making or missing this and, and it causes him to you know, be a little shaky or be, be just very conscious yeah. of what this means. Um, but then when you get a few of those going right, you start to, it, it builds up that confidence and that baseline that if if you let a few of those get away from you, it can easily yeah. snowball in the other direction. So well, the announcer, yeah, the announcer coming up on 18, he said, all he can do right now is think of the putts he's made so far this round and have that good image in his head. But future tournaments, He'll have those pots of Mexico, of Puerto Rico playing in his head, right? And it's kind of constant positive reaffirmation. So, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's, the, there's the belief now that I, I can do this. I've been in this situation. I've, I've had these feelings and I did it. So that just, you know, it's self-perpetuating. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. I think uh, for somebody like him, like you say, Craig, to get this early on in his career is, is huge, really. Yeah, because it's so easily, you see it in all kinds of sports where, it becomes a thing once you like, you know, you miss that putt and then you'll lose in the playoff. And then, and then you kind of, you get that monkey on your back that can can be hard to lose. Uh, I hate to say it, but my boy, Tony. Yeah, exactly. is exactly that, that case study right there, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm just so impressed with, with Victor Hovland. I, I think all of us are big fans of his too. Uh, so it's going to be exciting to see whether he can stack up uh, another win or maybe, you know, essentially he, he's in good position. If he has some good majors through, you know, the 2021 season, he'll be in good position to, to really be one of the players to think about come come the finals, you know, the, the yeah, um, yeah. FedEx Cup finals. And you, you get some of these cheap wins early on. It looks a lot better on your resume if he is in contention for player of the year or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, and it just takes care of all the qualifying for, you know, the masters and all that kind of stuff too. Um, also, I mean, let's just touch again upon that, that draft class, if you will, that graduating class of of Morikawa, Wolf and Hovland now, like those guys are, they're putting together impressive early careers. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, you can't really pick any single one from that class. You just have to, um, as a fan, you just have to enjoy that they came out together and you're going to enjoy decades, probably decades of great golf from them and great I think, competition. I think what's cool too is they're all kind of unique from one another as well. Mm-hmm. They're all they all different styles. They are. They 100% are. Yeah. And that's, I have a hard time kind of defining Hoffman. I don't know if you guys do. Like, I think Morikawa, you know, he's the approach guy. Wolf is a little bit of the power guy. I don't know what Hovland is. He, he's pretty well-rounded. He's pretty solid. See to me, Hovland's a ball striker, but he's he's not. We think of most of our our ball strikers, young ball strikers these days, just being total power guys, right? right. But if you look at how far Hovland hits it, there's not a whole lot of people who hit it that far that are as accurate as he is. So I'm thinking about like driving accuracy. Yeah. So. It's it's really he he's just a, a combination. He's not he's not the longest, you know. He's not as long as a as a Matthew Wolf, but mm-hmm. for how far he hits it, he's really really he has a, a, an incredible control of his drive. And then you see the same type of thing with him hitting in. I think he's one of the best longer approach players into greens. Like it seems like par okay, fives. Yeah. Oftentimes yeah. he 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 has eagle putts, and you're like, how the heck? Do, you know, well, yeah. he had a four iron into 15 feet here. Um, it just seems like he stacks up a lot of those type of opportunities. Yeah. And then Morikawa of the group, I think, is just the most polished, kind of refined player where his game is is sharp. Um, and all of them have areas to improve, too, which is kind of scary if you think about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so, but but definitely nice to see them all having success, you yeah. know, early on. Yeah. Um, we we got to talk about Wise a little bit. I felt bad for him. He played a hell of a round today. Uh, he easily, like, he arguably hit a better approach than Hovland did on 18 um, and missed his putt for birdie, leaving right. the door open for Hovland to birdie one of the last two uh, and, and take the win. But um, what was he, 8 under today? 63, I think? He yeah. was 63, and I don't know about you, Craig. Like, I wouldn't have pegged him as the chaser like i guess Halvin was behind but i i didn't think wise would be the one to come 
and challenge. So I, I, I honestly, so I mean, before this year, I between work and school, I, I haven't been watching golf over the you know last few years, yeah, say twenty sixteen sure. through the start of this year, yeah. this season. Um, I haven't been watching it too closely, so I, I didn't know much about this guy. But he's got a pretty impressive. He's had a pretty impressive start to his career for what I thought. Like he was a rookie of the year. Um, he's won early in his career. Uh, I didn't realize he had that much shots, and and I got to see it a little bit today. So once I once. He was putting on a bit of a show today, and I I dug a little deeper. I was like, oh yeah, like this is this is a young player who definitely has a lot of promise. Absolutely, and he came out hot when he because he was a he was a very good college player as well. Yeah, and he came out hot, and he was. Uh, did you say he was rookie of the year? Yeah, he was PGA yeah. rookie of the year, I believe. Yeah, and and then he he kind of hit a, a down spell over the last year or so, um, and and he's been missing. And a so that's more when I have yeah gotten yeah. back I, into well, watching it closely. So yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I just. I saw him kind of pop on the leaderboard early um, this week and didn't really think much of it, but was kind of like, oh, nice to see him, you know, playing better. Um, so I certainly didn't expect him to put it to put together around like this. And you could tell today, you know, he made some putts and he was given some fist pumps like he was he was pretty pumped to be getting yeah. back into contention. Um, so hopefully this is something, you know, he carries some momentum from this yeah. and, and builds on it. Because well, he's, think- he's a good, good player that it would be nice to see him in the mix more. Yeah. He just seems a little bit too streaky. I mean, if we go back two years to the Mayakoba Classic in 2018, he was 52nd in the world. And then, like you said, he's had a string of missed cuts and hasn't had, like, he'll have four missed cuts and then a tie for third and then three other missed cuts. Like, he just kind of pops up in weird places. But um, going into this weekend, he is 232nd in the world. So uh, yeah. that's a pretty big fall from 50. But, that, but that's what I mean. So like, I, I didn't realize that he sort of had that. He, I mean, he's 24 years old. I didn't realize he had had yeah. that early PGA success. I had right. been more aware of the inconsistent player yeah. that, that we've seen over the past, you know, maybe year or two. Uh, so yeah, yeah I, I'm impressed. I think if he does use this as momentum going forward, uh, I think it's a great opportunity to do so. You know it all, it, and golf is funny in the way it all kind of evens out. Today his round, he made some, he made some bombs, um, made some long putts, and then so on eighteen, it seemed like he hit it where he wanted to, but it yeah. was a huge mystery. Like it was never close. Um, so you know maybe that's just the golf gods evening things out a little bit. But, <laughs> and I think uh, he, didn't he speak about that in his post round interview that yesterday he had missed a few putts you know, right. five foot kind of range. So uh, we see a 63 today and, you know, any of those putts yesterday would have been the difference as well that, yeah. that would have tied him. So, uh, yeah. you know, obviously, I think he's only 24 years old. So obviously yeah. he's got a lot of game. Uh, it looks like there's still things he needs to shore up. But uh, but yeah, re- a real talent. And you know what, Adam? There's nothing wrong with this streaky player. It's not... (laughs) Everybody can't be JTs and DJs. I know that. Like, the streaky guys, you can carve out a pretty nice career if you get a victory every few years. But it also, it can be better for these guys, both in terms of, uh, you know, prize money. And I guess FedEx Cup points really reflect prize money. But to, to be streaky and really, like, pop into the top 10 every other tournament or, or, you know, every few tournaments is a lot better for them than to be consistently 30, 40, 50th uh, yeah. in terms of what that means for their bank account at the end of the Guys, year. Guys, now that we're playing this one and done league and we're doing it by the payout, I'm like the Charles <laughs> Howell of this one and done. I get like, I know I need to break into the top 10. I'm only getting 30 or 40 grand each, each tournament. Well, I think you did a little better than that this time, but it might just yeah. be because you, you know, plagiarized my pick, but we'll get uh, to that. In, hey, we'll get to that in, in a little it was bit. In first. So so let's get into the the bigger names in a sec here but the one guy I think we need to get to first is Grio Emiliano Grio. Yeah, so so Grio, I mean, his lead I forget if he was leading after the first round but he was I think he was and then he was leading by 4 after the second round, 1 after the third round. You kind of just felt I was kind of like, "Come on, Emiliano, hang on there." But yeah, the putter caught up with him cuz he was he's what ranked over 200 in putting on the year and he was I second mean, he for the week is, like yeah, yeah. so it was kind of too good to be true in in a way but uh you know you pull for a guy like that 
Yeah, I mean, you also don't want to, I, I think this label gets put on people too easily. Um, and we saw it with Rom, but like the label of, of sort of the, the composure issues and the, like, is he good at getting through the times when he's, putts aren't falling and, and not like, it seems like he, he gets so down and so hard on himself and so fired up that, uh, it really like he's got the game to win. He just sometimes yeah. you just need to weather that, and you know if that can be the difference of a few rounds over the course of of or sorry a few strokes over the course of a week. That's that can be a huge difference. I mean, I, I think nobody can really understand unless you play the game at a high level. Like to be that good at ball striking and just constantly see putts like lip out or rim out. Like it's got to be infuriating. Like. You're 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 there in two on a par five, or you're you're putting a close on a par four, and it just doesn't drop. Like, yeah, ninety nine percent of the population would be losing their mind. They wouldn't be pulling back. Hey, let's face it, we all lose our composure when we lip out our bogey putts and our, our double bogey <laughs> yeah. putts. So I can only imagine if it was birdie putt after birdie putt. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like, if you're a golfer and a ball striker of that caliber, like you know like everyone knows that you got to work on your putting and i'm sure he's got like <laughs> he's probably in his trailer with every trick like he is like um tin cup or whatever more than that like i, I think you, you gotta sports psychology is a reality for any athlete at this kind of level so if yeah, yeah it's different than us getting infuriated over missing putts like you need to learn how to miss putts and not let it like leave 100%. that behind. And so yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems to me, and, and this is where I, I think it's uh, oftentimes you see the, the media is too quick to sort of talk down on this, you know, uh, talk down to players with regards to this. So I, I don't really want to do that, but it does, it, it seems like there might be a bit of a concern there and it's just something I think to keep an eye on. Well, they also yeah. want to label everybody. Well, and that's what that's what I don't want to do. You know, I'm not going to say he's yeah. a hothead, but it almost feels like he beat himself a little bit at points today when he could have he could have weathered the storm, got momentum back, and it, instead it just kind of he continued to spiral. Because really, didn't he start the day? At, was it 17 under that he was at? 16. 16. So yeah, I mean, he had to put together a pretty good round, but he still had to go four under to tie yeah. Hovland, but yeah. he was in the driver's seat, right? So. Um, yeah, tough day for him. So yeah, let's get into the bigger names a little bit. We had uh, JT put on a big charge on Saturday with a 62. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, didn't really do anything on Sunday. I thought I kind of expected to see a charge from him, but he sort of stayed right there. Well, he had a double. I think he had a double on ten that killed his momentum. Um, yeah, and then the other but he was still he was still a ways back at that point. He didn't yeah. get it going yeah, oh, early. Yeah. yeah. The other one that they mentioned on, I didn't watch on Friday, but they mentioned it on Saturday as he was really charging, uh, that he he went bogey-bogey to finish on Friday, that that would have just put him in a totally different position uh, come, mm-hmm. come, you know, Sunday. Because he really was, it, it always felt like he was maybe just a little bit too far back to, to be that much mo- that much of a threat. Um, but if he was a couple strokes closer, then that name looms a lot bigger on, on the board. Well, it's funny, we were talking about Grio, but after his round, after his 62 on Saturday in his post-round interview, he was saying that his 67 on Friday kind of fell with it like a 63 or 64 with how well he was striking the ball yeah he, the putts he even said ball. it was a better a better day than a 62 <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he's like I, I don't know if i could have shot a, a higher score than a and then i think all the golfers in the leader were like oh crap like <laughs> <laughs> he feels like he's on like two 62s back to back <laughs> i'm in trouble yeah, I saw that. I saw that interview, and I <laughs> r- ran to my uh, phone, my sport, my sports book. <laughs> <laughs> but alas, I am just have a lower balance now than I did. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, it's, I didn't think he. Would, I mean, he tied twelfth. I did not expect that at the start of the day. No, I, I didn't either. And then so so Finau, Finau was really charging on Saturday. I think Saturday is the day he had a hole-in-one on the front nine. He had a hole-in-one and, and a couple other birdies. And then I think he went like three over on the back or yeah. something like that. Like it was – or three over on, on his final stretch of holes. I think he might have had one birdie on the back nine as well. But, um, you know, really went from a, a position of of being up near the top of the leaderboard and challenging heading into Sunday to kind of having to 
have a really good round on Sunday mm-hmm. to to win. So, um, you know, he's he's my boy, but you sh- I sure would have liked to have seen him finish off Saturday stronger and put himself in the position to win. This was my whole thing with him being my boy this year is I, he needs to get some of these wins. Um, it wasn't but that a, that's, that's old Tony Fina. I mean, that's, that's Tony Fina with the Puerto Rico curse on him and that's, that's been right. shattered. So exactly. So. one is going to be a brand new year for him. I, I hope so. <laughs> See, you know, these, these events with, with not a weak field, but not a, you know, top, top notch field. When you're up at the top and you have a chance, you gotta you gotta take advantage, you know. Yeah, but the one thing he, he I think he was doing it a little bit with smoke and mirrors uh, because he was he was a little bit wayward with his he his was driver. So he was it all. It's almost like it was one of those ones where because of how good he was, he was making himself seem like he was in contention, even though he was his ball striking was not necessary. I mean, his approach play just seems like it's so oftentimes on, but uh, but he yeah. just was a little bit sloppy off the tee. Yeah, and anytime somebody has a hole in one, it's like, well, that's great for your scorecard. A little bit lucky too. Like, let's face yeah. it. <laughs> I think Holland had one. I don't know, think it was a hole in one. I think it was a pro shot that almost holed out today. That I was like, yeah. And Pretty and Holland, there was another one too. I forget what hole it was, but he's like, oh, I just you know balled it. What a bad shot! And it's like twelve, fifteen feet. You're like, oh, like not not that bad. I think as um, we're kind of researching this more, though, we realize that there's some courses on the circuit that really do fit certain types of players. And this one really is the accuracy. And mm-hmm. we've seen kind of shorter guys win. And Finau doesn't fit that. Yeah. Um, but you also, you you put Finau in a different group and you want to put him in with the JTs where it doesn't really matter the course setup at all. They should be able the to talent overcome level. The talent level kind of trumps all of that. Um but it did like he lost a fair amount of balls and it, it ultimately didn't work out for him. But I, yeah. and I think maybe in part that's that's the difference between him finishing in the top ten and him really contending here. Like I think if you compare Finau and Hovland, yeah. I'd I'd say they're probably in terms of where they are in terms of you know the tiers of golfers, I'd say they're probably fairly close. Um, probably, but yeah. Hovland being a little bit more of the the accurate ball striker and Finau having a bit more power. Um, yeah. even though they both have, you know, they, they both do the other one fairly well. It's just, which one are they a little bit, uh, lean on a little bit more? Yeah. 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 Um, so anybody else you guys want to touch on before we kind of recap? I mean, just real quick, here? Long and Hoagie both had really good tournaments. Uh, both, Long, I think. Long was another guy. Yeah. Coming into Sunday, he finished Saturday strong to kind of yeah. vault, vault up to, I think he was three back going into Sunday, and I thought he was a guy we might see make a run at it. And he, and he truthfully, he did. Um, bad bogey on 17, um, kind of killed his chances. He would have had to go birdie birdie to tie Hovland, but uh, you know he he took a swing. You gotta you gotta respect that. Um, and a good finish for him. I think he finished. And he was. I think he T3. was one of your picks, Adam. Right in our sleeper video. Long. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't one of the picks, but I talked okay. about him on Twitter. You were talking about him a lot. Way yeah. overweight. Um, I Hoagie, guess I, Hoagie was one of mine, and so I had Hoagie and Hovland paired on a few DFSs. Unfortunately, Ooh. none of my six out of sixes had oh. those two. Uh, you didn't go bad. the the ages like the Hovland Hoagie Horschel Homa <laughs> Harris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, no, man, unfortunately, I, I'll put that one into the strategy next time. Uh, Harris, good finish for him. Uh, again, though, we, we, you know, he's putting a, together a lot of good golf. We need to get a win from him as well. I think uh, just to never, really never really uh, was competing. Kind of no, back door no. there with a with a sixty three on Sunday to to get a, a T five, which great result. Uh, but and and yeah, like he's he's I don't know if he's into the top twenty, but he's I would say definitely he's into the top thirty in the rankings. Um, but we still haven't seen a win from him in years, so that's the one thing that we are still waiting on in this this new game that he's showing us. And I Our think last... that is that is very different when you like for a guy to have nothing to lose really. He's just trying to finish higher to go out and shoot a mm-hmm. sixty three. Is different than somebody playing in the last few groups and trying to chase down. You know. Yeah. So um, it would be nice to see him when he's in that position of being in the final few groups that that's when he puts together a round like that. Sure. um, You know, we'll see. Um, So, yeah, let's do a quick picks recap here. Although he was, you know, he was in second. I want to say this was the BMW 
championship. He was in second going into the final round. I think that was uh, the Northern Trust, wasn't it? No, I want to say it was BMW. Wasn't the Northern Trust the one where it was a really tough course at Olympia Fields? But though I'm thinking of the one where DJ was about 10 strokes clear of the yeah. field. And so, I mean, he really was in second place going into the final round there and played pretty well. But uh, yeah, that's true. I thought for story. a second, Craig, you're going to say the one where DJ was up there. I'm like, man, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That doesn't narrow down at all. Yeah. I, I, could be, I could be mixing those two up. But uh, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Other- so, uh, picks recap. We got uh, Adam, unfortunately, Russell Henley missed the cut as your winner, Craig. Justin so Adam, Adam wants to put in a protest, I think, there. Yeah, I was just going to breeze past it, Adam. All right? it <laughs> I, thought, I thought you'd do the gentlemanly thing and just not mention it. Okay, there was a little bit of controversy leading into the, the um, pre-tournament picks as Adam and I both wanted to pick Abraham Answer and Adam... Gentlemanly, for, for both your winners both. and your one and dones. Yeah, yeah, and and Adam, you know, kindly stepped aside and decided to take Henley as his uh, as his winning pick. And unfortunately, it was a, it was a bad move. You know, <laughs> <laughs> although I, to be fair, none none of our winners won, and that's all that we're going for with the winners. You know, Justin Thomas and Abraham Answer both finished T twelve for Craig and I, and so you know, doesn't really it's not a win. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, Sleepers, I had I had uh, Max Homa. He finished T12, which was good. Uh, Craig had Doug Gim finish T46. Adam, unfortunately, Adam had him miss the cut. Tough, yeah, tough one pick, for your namesake I had a bad, there. Bad week for picks, yeah. let's just say that. Um, our fades were pretty good. Ricky Fowler for Craig there, missed the cut. Brooks for me, missed cut. Um, Corey Connors is top Canadian. I had that one. It's pretty pretty decent weight for me now that I look at it here. Not bad, well, it's not easy bad. when you just take all the easy easy picks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for so for the one and done, I you know never was sweating this. I was never sweating this, Craig. I I think you're probably already counting your uh, bankroll there when. Well, on Thursday, Neiman, I was already Neiman like, none. So win gets me what? One million something here. <laughs> Abraham answer was on the wrong side of the cut line. Yeah. Um, so you're looking good there for a bit, but uh, he flipped the script on you there, Craig. And yeah, he and, did some uh, work to to make the cut and then charged up the field. Yeah, he played well um, last three rounds, and he, he finished T12 for 147,000. Neiman dropped a little bit, finished T23 and 65,000. So um, Adam and I, quick update: Craig's at about 700,000 and change. Adam's at a million and change, and I'm at about 1.7 and change. So. No real big uh, shifts there. Um, let's move up into the stock up, stock down. Craig, start us off. Okay, so I'm going stock up on Brendan Todd. So I don't know where you guys are at on Brendan Todd, but to me, I... So, you know, we saw really good play from him in the summer. We saw him really contending through three rounds in advance and then fade a little bit. Um, and, and last year, this time, he had back-to-back wins, if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, I was starting to wonder if it was a little bit of a... Okay, this is kind of like the high... You know, he, he, he had really, like, fallen out of golf. Um, maybe, mm-hmm. I mean, he was still playing, but he really was not playing good golf. Um I didn't know if this was maybe a bit of a high point and then we were going to see him really fade away here again. Uh, but, you know, he finished tied for eighth, went 67, 69, 67, 66. Uh, coming in this week, he had two missed cuts, 37th, 47th, 52nd in his last five starts. Um, came in here to a course he won last year, was number one in the field in driving accuracy, tied for 16th in greens in regulation. He made at least five birdies each round, 23, 23 total, um, and tied for fourth in the field there. Uh, I just, I think that what I am realizing about Brendan Todd is he really is one of these guys who he doesn't have the distance. But when you go to courses like this, where it's about yeah. the accuracy and it's about putting and it's about making birdies, I think he's always going to be competitive on those kind of courses. Um, and he's really in a position where he can choose his choose where he plays and he can really try to t- target these courses and i think yeah. you really need to to um, look out for him on these type of courses so the interesting thing about him too is i believe the reason he had fallen off so much is because he got the driver yips 
And he was and, all yeah, over the place with it. And he was all over yeah. the place. And now he that's where he, he makes his money is his accuracy. So And I don't know if potentially he was trying to you know, keep up in the distance game and so that's I don't maybe, I don't think so. I don't it think was more it was just that. he started he got a he got a yip in his swing that he talked about and it and he just he lost it for a couple of years there and he, he couldn't he couldn't find that and, and he said it wasn't it wasn't all the time but then it would come when yeah. when you you know there's not a lot to separate the guys on the PGA tour and the Corn Ferry tour you know and it's it's totally. those those blow up holes you know that one blow up hole that one bad swing when you really can't afford it um, and that's what he was he was kind of suffering through and and so yeah um, good to see him battle back and yeah he, he's hopefully here to stay. The other thing too with his recent results, his forty seventh and fifty second are both limited field no cut events. So, so it I easily mean, could be four missed cuts four in the last. Cuts. Yeah, five. exactly. Yeah. So, he's so on the yeah. Bottom half of those fields. I, I was not super high on him going into this week because of his recent form, but I think it's he's one of these guys where you really just have to look how he's played on the, the courses that suit his game. Yeah, yeah. He, he's an interesting guy to kind of keep your eye on and see how he's doing. Maybe a one and done pick here at some point. You know, we'll see. But um, yeah, <laughs> actually, it would have been a good probably, week for him as a one and done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably core specific. So, okay, um, um, yeah. stock down. Uh, a guy that I feel like should be a bit of a Brendan Todd, uh, Denny McCarthy. Uh, you know, he he's yeah. also a bit of a you know more of a shorter hitter, but a great great putter. Uh, he missed the cut at. He was plus three on the um, through two days, second missed cut in a row. He ranks 130th in driving distance for 2020. So you really feel like these courses that don't prioritize distance, and, and you know he he makes a ton of birdies. I want to say he was 13th last year in birdies made. So he really is one of these guys that should be taking advantage of this kind of course. So that's as much as anything. It's not like oh Denny McCarthy he missed a cut. You know, I'm not. I don't want to beat up on the guy because he's not the type of player you think is going to make every cut. But, yeah. um, yeah. So the other thing, not everyone out there plays DFS, but for people that do, he just gets an absurd amount of ownership. He was over twenty percent again this week. Yeah, uh, yeah in, that's right. in the tournaments I play, uh, so. It really is, and, and he does have two top tens this season. So I, I think that does come into play, but. Uh, I want to say he has eight starts this year. So he's got those two top tens. His next best finish is 38th and he's missed three cuts. Mm. So he's got, if he hasn't gotten these top tens, he really hasn't done that well. So um, to me, it's just, I'm pumping the brakes a bit on Denny. This is one that he really should have done well in when you look at his skill set, and he didn't. So um, I'm not going to continue to let him sink all my DFS lineups. (laughs) (laughs) Especially at high ownership, like yeah, yeah, it, it's kind of crazy. Um, I mean, looking at his profile, he's got good finishes: uh, Bermuda, Corrales, Punta Cana. So similar, but you would think it. Yeah, you think it would be a good fit. I don't know. Yeah, Adam, how about you? Who do you have moving up this week? Moving up, I've Billy Horschel. Um, not really someone that I really spend many minutes of the day thinking about. To be perfectly honest, um. <laughs> Because he just he just always seems to be thirtieth, thirty fifth, and so I wanted to look back to see kind of what he's done recently. So since July, he's had thirteen tournaments. He's only missed one cut, and that was Northern Trust. In those thirty tournaments, he's finished between twenty fifth and forty third seven times. So he does fall into that pocket so many times. Uh, so he just kind of became an afterthought, and I think he did really well. He had a sixty four on Sunday. He finished T5. Um, I, I think I just need to pay a little bit more attention to Horschel. I think he's playing good golf now, but it's kind of under the radar because it's very mid-pack once you make a cut. Yeah, I, I love me some Billy Horschel. Um, I think he's one of these guys that in the stronger fields, I don't love... He really has to go lights out to go out there and compete. Um, but in these type of fields where it's you know it's not your it's not your full a team out there um i think he's one of these guys that if he plays well he can he can contend uh i mean it was Wyndham, i think we saw it uh where he just lost out to to yeah, jim herman right. um the hermanator the hermanator <laughs> drinking water like a pro <laughs> um but those are the type of events that i feel like you really look at at billy horschel as as someone to 
that's I just compete. like I don't know if it's because he's been around for so long too that I always just kind of skim past his name. And when you brought him up, I think for Saturday, Craig, this weekend uh, for Showdown, I was like, maybe I'll give like I, I plugged him into a lineup and it cashed. So I'm like, all right, let's go again, Billy. Let's see what yeah. he got on Sunday. Well, he had a great weekend too, 65, 64. Yeah. I also love the putting lineup. The, how he addresses his putts. Oh, I don't know if I... Oh, I think he does it in his full shot, too. But he, like, he, he does this super, like, funny-looking... He'll address it with his... He'll get his right foot in where he wants, and then he'll kind of square up his feet afterwards. He does, like, a, a staggered um, stance, and then right at the last moment, moves his other foot in and hits it. Uh, but, yeah, look, look out for it. I yeah, feel I, like I, it, I, you I saw would like that, today, but... <laughs> <laughs> You know how I like those quirky things. <laughs> uh, all right, Adam, who do you have moving down this week? All right, moving down, I got Chez Reevy. Um This one's a little bit on me on our Wednesday night Twitch show. I, I didn't pick him in any of our YouTube shows, but on Twitch, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going all in on Chez. And it seemed, everything seemed to be lining up a little bit. He's an accurate guy. Uh, he was 52nd in the world. I'm like, oh, maybe there's kind of a narrative to get into the top 50 in the world. Um, in his last four starts at Mayakoba, he was 26 or better, including a fourth. So, like, his his... He does really well at this course. And then he hasn't, he also hasn't had great form, but I'm like, it's a perfect, perfect spot for him to kind of rebound. I mean, we've seen him at the top of leaderboards. I think he is US Open last year. He was right up there. Um, Anyways, plus seven, missed a cup by eight, uh, completely screwed. I think almost half of my lineups. And all that plus seven was all on the first day too. All on the first day. He only, he only hit 41 Greens and rag. Um, 41%. 41% greens and rag. Say, yeah. That's incredible. For two rounds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just, it was just a blow up. And I, I kind of feel like I need to pump the brakes uh, stock down on Chez for a little bit and see if Potter comes around, if his accuracy comes around a little bit, but it was, it was not good for what should be kind of a, a good way to end the year for him or a good course to end the year. Yeah, Chez, I mean, pound for pound, the guy has had an unbelievable career. But, uh, yeah, you know. He is another guy, too, that typically you think of in these type of fields that he's dangerous. And, uh, yeah, I don't know where his game's maybe just not in a great place. He just seemed to fit the profile of the winners (laughs) this year. Like, it would have made, it just would have completely fit in if Chez kind of capped off 2020, like this old guy season or like this older, accurate guy season. I love how you, you're still buying your narrative on him, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, let's go it's back not a lie way. if I'm you gonna, believe it. <laughs> All right, well, I'll, I'll move on to mine now then. Um, I have Moving up, I have Max Homa. He was my long shot pick. We're all a fan of him. Um, he fired two great rounds on Saturday, Sunday uh, to get himself up into a T12. Um, hopefully this is him kind of rounding back into the form he had pre COVID break. Um, I don't know when his next start is, but you know, I'm just hoping that this is him trending up and he carries this momentum. Um, so it's more of a, uh, it looks, it was his best finish in a while and hopefully it is him moving up. And that's why he's, um, Saturday back nine, Sunday front nine, like yeah, he had something crazy. Like 12 he had 11, birdies 11 birdies in thirteen holes or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a hard back nine too. Yeah. So so he this morning he got me, you know, because I had I had taken him at hundred. You know, I I put my money where my mouth is with my long shot yeah. picks, Adam. So I had him at one hundred and seventy five to one, <laughs> and all of a sudden he's he's I think five under after six holes, getting kind of within sniffing range of uh, the leaders if he keeps that pace up and. Um, you know, he obviously cooled off a little bit and yeah. shot even on the back nine, but still, still a good result for him. Gave you a um, bit of like a, I mean, I know it's not going to happen, but it could happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, it was an exciting morning. All right. Homa was just on a birdie binge. The, the F1 race was about to start. I was, I was on my coffee high. I was loving life there for a little bit. Um, but anyway, good finish for him. And hopefully he's, he's yeah. heading in the right direction. The one thing I don't really know is like, your stock going into this tournament was pretty high on Homa. So, like, if it's gone yeah. up, that's, like, blue chip range. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, yeah. Can't argue with that. It's like best friend to BFFFL, <laughs> best friends for life. 
Um, so then I guess maybe a, a blue chip who's who's fallen out of the index here, I don't know, is yeah. uh, my stock down, Ricky Fowler. Um, he has become, to me, one of these guys that when he needs to do something to make a cut, he's not doing it. He's doing the opposite. And yeah. it looked like he was in good position on on Thursday and Friday right up until he didn't make the cut. You know, I thought he was inside that line, I think, through on, into the back nine on uh, on Friday. And, you know, this is a tournament that we talked about on our on our preview show that he he really needed to have for, um, you know, a lot of different reasons. But he needed to have a good finish, and, and he didn't do it. And that's kind of become a bit of a pattern with him lately. And, um, you know, I hate to see it because I do like the guy. I cheer for him. But um, right now he's he's way overpriced in most uh, – on most sports books for yep. the kind of results he's showing. So um, unfortunately I have to put him in my stock down. He's not something, not somebody I'll be backing anyways at, at, uh, at the current price he's at. So I'm sorry, Ricky. <laughs> We're, I guess it's just a break, Adam. Is that what we say? It's nah, not a breakup. It's just a break. I, Hey man, I get it with Ricky. I mean, I've, I've, he's been my stock down a few times that I feel like I'm calling him or texting him at 1230 in the morning. So I'm like, have a good round, Ricky. Like, <laughs> I just can't quit him. I just keep going back to him. So yeah, uh, the thing that's just so, so amazing to me is if you, you would go back four or five years and try to tell yourself that Jordan Spieth and Ricky Fowler would be in the places they are. I think it'd be hard to believe. Um, oh, I, that that brings me to something actually, because they had their Bahamas spring break trip. It was Spieth, Ricky, JT, and Smiley Kaufman. Uh, Kaufman. Smiley Kaufman. Yeah, I was about to say Hoffman. That's how much he's fallen off. <laughs> Anyways, I think I saw somewhere this weekend that at that time, I think it was 2016, 2017, their average world ranking was 22 and a half. Now, like, Smiley's 2,000 plus in the world. Spieth has fallen off. Ricky's fallen off. JT is, like, the only one that hasn't had this curse of spring break yet. So hopefully, like... Did JT, like, J- like absorb all of their talent? <laughs> it was like a space jam thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think after, after the spring break, JT was like, you know, maybe I need to hang out with guys that... Uh... <laughs> have a few more wins under the belt and that's when he started in getting into tiger's orbit there well the one thing i remember early on in jt's career it was kind of like he was hanging out with these guys and it was like he was the one not having success and it was this big thing that like he it was kind of like a thing that he wanted to have the success that ricky and and spieth were having and i mean he still hasn't matched spieth's major success but um i mean at this point i think he's i would take JT and who's going to win more career majors, but that's a story for another day. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, all right, Craig, let's move into your good, bad, and ugly for this week. I believe okay, there's so a theme. There is a bit of a theme. So uh, we do have one more tournament, one more tournament uh, in on the European tour uh, coming up this week. But one of the major things that happens at the end of the calendar year is the top 50 at that point get a, an exemption into the Masters. They qualify for the 2021 Masters. I believe um, it's called an invite that an they get. An invite, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so as Kev was saying, there's some implication on, on some missed cuts for Ricky. But we'll start off on the other side of the world with the good uh, and Matt Wallace. So... Matt Wallace tied for second in the Golf in Dubai Championship. Uh, He opened 63 and then uh, cruised in 67, 67, 68 the rest of the way. Uh, There's a bunch of guys that ended up tied for second there. Uh, But it moved him from 51st in the official World Golf Rankings to 49th. Um, And so uh, depending on what happens, he'll be playing next week um, in the World Tour Championship. Um, I think likely, it, it, I, I was trying to look at the ways that he could possibly move down. I don't think it's likely. Um, so I think most likely he will have secured his, um, his invitation with that uh, second place over there. So uh, definitely the good for, for Matt Wallace this week. What does yeah, it think, get him into? 49th, did you say? Uh, it moves him to 49th, yeah. Yeah, okay. So he just, I think the just closest... Uh, in the tournament next week might be Robert McIntyre at 59, but even so if I was he thinking, won, I was, he, I was he looking at, at 50th. 
right? Yeah, and so I, I think it would bump him, and I think it would just bump Hughes out of 50th. Um, yeah. Because it doesn't look like, like Matt Wallace isn't losing a high, um, you know, it's not coming off the other end. Right. Um, a high point event. But uh, anyways, the bad, Kevin Streelman, he was uh, 52nd going yeah. into this week. He finished tied for 32nd uh, at uh, Mayakoba. He moved up a single spot to sit at a frustrating 51st. Um, so he doesn't move into the master's position. And I don't believe, I was doing a little looking around, I don't believe he otherwise would qualify at this point. So um, he completely shot himself in the foot on Saturday, I think, because I had him in the lineup and I was tracking him, and he had a good day today. He did um, have a good day today. He moved up quite a bit, but he had, a, well, I guess on the weekend he went 71-64, so he kind of shot himself in the foot on Saturday. Well, and 71 on Saturday was not good. The field was moving. No, yeah. Being even par was not good. Um, but finally, the ugly. Uh, we get to Kevin Stockdown, Ricky Fowler. So uh, Ricky had a quad on Thursday and a double bogey, but he had eight birdies. So he was in an okay position, actually. Um, but then, as Kevin alluded to, he went on his back nine on Friday. He went two over 37 to miss the cut on the number. He finished it even par. The cut was minus one. Um, so he was 49th in the official rankings going in. He is 52nd now. So um, he is not within the uh, top 50 to, to get the invitation. Uh, but then I was looking at it a bit more. So I don't quite know. It's supposed to be a two-year rolling basis on, on events falling off the back end for the rankings. But there's still some of his that are counting that are further back than two years. So I don't know exactly all of the different things that, that uh, you know, there's minimum and maximum tournaments and all this kind of stuff. But he has a, a 2019 win at the Waste Management, a tied for second at the Honda Classic, and three other top 10s in that early 2019 season. That so, so there's the top 50 now, and then the week before the Masters, the top 50 at that point also um, get an invitation if they do not already have it. So Ricky has huge points that are probably going to fall off the back end of counting between now and uh you know late march early april so this really is gonna be his his easier window was to get in this week so we could very well based on what happened this week not see ricky fowler in the masters so and and don't you guys feel like with players i I think it was uh kepka who famously said it but when you think when all you're trying to do is make the cut that's where you're going to play to and when you're trying to finish top 10 that's where you're going to play to and when you decide you're going to try to win like that's where your game plays to and it's an easy thing to fall into and I, I feel like Ricky right now is getting into that mindset like he's just trying to make the cut and so that's where his game's that's where he's playing to um it sure be nice to see him turn it around but I don't know it, it doesn't look good right now yeah it's just it's just kind of cascades right because he didn't make the tour championship so he doesn't get into Century Tournament of Champions. Um, he just like you lose out on options to get it back, right? Which Mackenzie yeah. Hughes talked about it. Like he now has further options to kind of continue to move up and get um, better placement. But it, yeah, it's kind of the writing was on the wall. I guess I think we all, like you could see this coming from a mile away. It's just kind of shocking that it's here. I mean, 2014, he had that year where he was top five in all majors, and yeah, uh, yeah. 20, he's, he's second, 2018 in the Masters. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and that's when he was young, and you kind of just expected that as he as he got older and his game matured, that he would just be, you know, up there even more consistently. But anyways. It's uh, been, I, it's been I, a little I, bit less dramatic than Spieth's fall off. Um, it's been, yes. it, it feels like it's almost been a, like a, a slow bleed, a slow leak as he's been cruising yeah. along, as opposed to Spieth, it just felt like he just face-planted. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's he's got to be super hungry between now and April, though. Like, uh, maybe this is me just never giving up on Ricky, but I don't know. But like, even like so, I... world rank, like, essentially, he needs a win. I think he needs to qualify for the Masters the old-fashioned way and get a win because he's like, I think he's gonna have a win, a second, and a bunch of top tens coming off. So it's not like he can just top ten, get a, a few top tens, and he's gonna get his ranking high enough. Um, so if you win in the year leading up to the Masters, are you in? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
I thought it, uh, yeah, I wasn't sure if you had to win like the year prior to like, you know, this year. No, so any, essentially it's, it's the master's, the master's year. So. Okay. I see. <laughs> you could win yeah. in the tournament the week before. <laughs> okay. I see. They have their own calendar. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the golf world revolves around them. Yeah. <laughs> um, Adam, let's move on to your three stars. Yeah, so a little global three stars edition. Uh, my third star is Antoine Rosner, who, uh, Craig, I'm going to give props to you because not on the podcast, but on our YouTube show, he was your sleeper for uh, the Golf in Dubai Championship. And well, he sleeper- probably would have been on this, but he was not enough of a sleeper to qualify. And your sleeper tested positive. So I feel like he's an automatic fill-in. Yeah. Um, I say plug him in. <laughs> I say plug him. So he, props to you. Uh, but he took home his first European Tour title uh, with the Golf and Dubai Championship. Shot 64 on Sunday to come and get it. He makes up one in 14 first-time winners on the Euro Tour this year. So a pretty good crop of young guys in Europe. Good yeah, it's been super That's exciting good. watching these young guys over in Europe. I think there's a there's a crop of, of young players over there that uh, you know it, it's going to be really exciting to see where they take their game. Yeah, my second star, Christian Bezhedenout. Bezhedenout. I think I got that Bezudenout. right. Bezudenout. Bezudenout. Right. Yeah, uh, it depends on which announcer I'm hearing it from, but I feel like that's pretty close. You need to find uh, a South African announcer and then see how I, they I say know. it. <laughs> Anyways. Back-to-back winner. He took home the Alfred Dunhill Championship a couple weeks ago, and he just uh, just today got the South African Open, uh, winning by five strokes. So it was kind of an alternate European Tour event. Um, that's back-to-back wins, coming off a 36 at the Masters. So he's playing really, really mm-hmm. good golf. Um, in those two weeks, he's moved up from 61st in the world to 35th in the world. Um, He's in the Masters. He's in the Masters. And Um, I mean, I think the Dunhill, the Alfred Dunhill is the more impressive just based on the field um, because a lot of the other guys went over to play at at the golf in Dubai. But uh, I mean, back-to-back wins, you can't argue with that. But a South African winning the South African Open, I mean, that's big deal for them. I mean, we haven't had, I don't know, Canadian win the Canadian Open in ever pre-war, like... I'm sure. I'm sure. Not, not since they invited other people to play it. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Um, I don't know if you guys know his story that well, but I mean, he has a a pretty crazy story. He drank rat poison at the age of two. Um, yes. Oh, it, I, I did read about this. this. Yeah, it, it was in like a Coke bottle. He, I mean, just kind of really, really, really unfortunate event. Rushed to the hospital, stomach pumped, all that. Barely survived. Um, the poison affected his entire nervous system. Uh, and ever since then, he suffered from kind of an anxiety and a stutter, a stutter, which he still, he still has, but, uh, he's through different ways learned to kind of deal with his anxiety. And, um, he was using beta blockers at one point and he, he was very open about using that. And he actually got an, uh, PED suspension, I think 2016, 2017, kind of on the challenge. He's kind of challenged to her year tour and got a suspension using the beta blockers. But uh, I mean, just unbelievable story uh, of kind of hardship and overcoming that as a, as a young kid and as a golfer and kind of, I think as a South African, he's pretty much, he's reaching the pinnacle of his sport in South Africa, winning that open. Yeah. Good for him. I can't believe, I mean, I just can't believe that they, uh, maybe he didn't have the proper prescription or paperwork or something, but I can't believe he'd get a um, suspension. Oh, I was just reading more about it tonight. And like he, li- when he went to get his drug test, he li- like, he said, I'm taking this. <laughs> like it, yeah. it all should have checked yeah. out and been fine. But. It's just another one of like their, their policies are just, they're the same as kind of some of these other sports where they're pretty arbitrary and they've decided this is on the bad substance list. It doesn't matter. And maybe, maybe there's it's a legitimate medical reason. After a legitimate thing comes up and then it goes through the process like, oh no, we need to have a way that people can take this if they need to. Yeah. Um, um, but just, sorry, anyways, just, just for stat boy sake, uh, Pat Fletcher won the Canadian Open in 1954. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so, you know, post-World War II. Um, I, I, okay, yeah. A young man named Arnold Palmer came in the next year, and it looks like since then uh, no other Canadians have won. (laughs) 
It's a little bit different for the South African Open. It's pretty much dominated by the South Africans. Ernie yeah. won it five times. I saw <laughs> kind of looking back at the tournament history. Um, uh, now, I, I have a hard time. Good golfers down there. I have a hard time seeing how he couldn't be your first star, Adam. But uh, obviously, somebody has earned that honor. I mean, I, I got to give it to Victor Hovland. Uh, it was a pretty cool performance. Uh, we talked about it a lot. I tried to bring up a different stat for my stars. Uh, I was looking through Data Golf. They have kind of their live tournament kind of tracking thing, right? I'm sure you guys have seen that. Probability to win, all that. Uh, through four holes on Saturday, Data Golf was giving Hovland a 1.5% chance to win the tournament. So 15 birdies, one bogey, next 32 holes, he got it done and he won. I so wonder what his live what odds would saying, have been at that point. Yeah. Yeah. What you're saying, Adam, is that uh, that combined with his the, the curse of the Puerto Rico Open, he had to overcome more than Christian <laughs> over his life, and that's why you're giving him the top spot there? Or? I'm not saying that. I think – so I had Christian as my third star, actually. I moved him up because I think the back-to-back win – you yeah. know, it was it was only an alternate event. Uh, his his uh, challengers down there weren't the same as in Dubai or uh, so even in. Mexico. Does this get him into the next Dubai event though? Like the yes. the event. Oh yeah, the, uh, Chris. Yeah, yeah, he's in. He's in yeah, he's the in world now. world yeah. tour championship. But but did he not qualify for the golf in Dubai championship? I think not? he was. I think he just chose to play in the South African. Oh Open. okay okay yeah that I think makes he, sense. And, and I mean, to Craig's point, uh, I, I've been loving doing the deep dives on this European tour content, and there are a ton of really good South African young players coming. I out. didn't realize the depth. Like I, I, I you, you kind of know that they have because we see the guys pop up on on you know majors and the Louis Oosthuizen's, the Ernie, you know, like we uh, see that they're best players. But um, I just was blown away by how much depth of talent they have. Dylan Fertelli made the trip back and he was in the final group on Sunday. Um, but yeah, they, <laughs> I mean, when you start looking at a world kind of, uh, where do you put them in the world for golf output? I mean, I think they're top five for sure. I don't know. Per capita, they gotta be, they gotta be pretty high there. It's kind of like Australia seems to punch above their weight too. Yeah. Maybe it's just, maybe, you know, like compared to Canada, I, I would think they Canada's have Canada's doing all right. Well, Canada's doing all right, but we also don't have year-round golf. I would think both Australia and South Africa, you get year-round. Yeah, Yeah, I would think so. Hey, hey, you can come out here and golf. You can't say that. Oh, that's true. You could play in the sloppy wetness of beautiful West Coast. (laughs) Can you still golf right now, Kev? You betcha, man. You can play year-round. You betcha. I I tried to sneak out on Friday, but couldn't get a tea time. You do got to get out. That makes me so mad. (laughs) Your your drive's pretty much to just go... And you gotta <laughs> pick them up, clean them out, and try to find a dry spot to hit them off. But um, you can still do it. Oh wow! What do you what what do they call it? Mark Mark clean and replace or or uh, lift clean place? Lift clean yeah, place. Lift clean and place. Yeah, you got to do that. Now, are you doing that only if you're in the fairway, or are you doing that in the rough as well? <laughs> no, there's a lot of uh, organic matter that ends up on your ball when you're playing. Kevin's for sure. So. Mud ball. Mud ball. <laughs> Winter rules. <laughs> Usually, usually, uh, Craig plays those into like May, so <laughs> is it still hey, May here is still almost winter. Uh, Kevin Adam probably gets snow when he's out trying to get I, rounds I, in May. This is GIR, right? I mean, I, there's a little bit of water in this bunker, I'm, I'm taking it out. All right, guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move on to some other stories in golf this week. Um, firstly, Angela Stanford won the uh, Volunteers of America Classic on the LPGA Tour this week. This was her uh, home event. She's a, a TCU alum from Fort Worth. Um, so, uh, you know, her parents were in attendance for this win, which was cool. She fired a 67 on Sunday to uh, come from behind. There's there's three people in front of her, um, one, one stroke in front of her. So she leapfrogged all those people and, and um, got a – had a two-stroke victory in the end. Um, it was her seventh career victory and her first since 2018 uh, Evian Championship, her, her a major championship. Um, she was, it was funny. She was talking about how she expects to get grief from her her family and friends because this is like the one year they can't come to the tournament and she wins. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, because of COVID, so um, that's kind of too bad. But yeah. uh, good for her. It was pretty cool when you can win your home event. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, 
uh, congratulations go out to her. Um, and then kind of a sad note, uh, Peter Alice died at the age of 89 this weekend. Um, he was known as the voice of golf on British television um, and had been dubbed the greatest golf commentator ever by Golf mm-hmm. Digest at one point. Um, he's, he's the guy that if you've, you know, we don't unfortunately get to get to watch, uh, as much, um, international golf as, as we would probably like just because of time zones and, and broadcasting and everything. But he's the guy that when you turn it on, it's just, it's soothing. It's, it's beautiful. He's got that dry sense of humor. That's it's, it's perfect for golf, uh, a a deep soothing voice and very knowledgeable about the game. and, And you instantly recognize his voice. Um, and as I was reading maybe, up on maybe him, if you if you're watching this on YouTube, we'll post a, a link down below to something fine so you can because I'm sure you've yeah. heard him before, but uh, as soon as you hear it, you'll know it. Uh, and yeah, if you're not I, watching I, this on YouTube, then go to YouTube and then watch this, and then you'll find the link there. <laughs> if I can interject, I mean, when when did he was he still calling golf? What, what I'm not sure exactly. Recent... I, th- I think he was a little bit still, but I, I could totally be wrong about that, so don't quote me. Um, but the the thing I wanted to point out because I was digging into him a little bit um, as I was I was preparing for this and and uh, you know he's known as a commentator for our generation but he also was a very very accomplished player. Um, mm-hmm. Some of his accolades he won he won in the Varden Trophy as Europe's top player twice. Um, he played on eight Ryder Cup teams and and wow. is a member of the Golf Hall of Fame. So the, the Ryder Cups too, like you know, for both Europeans and Americans, like when you, that's one of the ways that you tell, like for these people that aren't of your generation of golfers, you're like, yeah. oh man, like they played in a bunch of Ryder Cups. Like you know, they are good when when they are doing that because it means first off that they were in the top, you know, ten or twelve or whatever. But then. If they did that for like you know eight Ryder Cups, that's sixteen-ish years. So he was in that group for an extended period of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I was reading through you know some of the stuff on him and some of the comments from people talking about how much they'll miss his voice on on TV and mentioning things like how he comes from a generation and a time where it's okay to take a gentle jab at somebody in in the name of good fun and um, yeah. And and he would do that, but he would do it in a way that was, you know, respectful and people loved it. And, and um, he's definitely going to be missed for sure. So um, sad note there, but, uh, you know, definitely worth um uh, worth mentioning as, as in that vein a too big, like a big most, part of golf and has most, been for a long time most of the jabs we take at each other are not in good fun like their their pure malice is typically <laughs> wow. the intent behind yeah. it <laughs> well now i have to go back and re-listen to all the podcasts see what you guys are saying um adam why don't you give us a little uh a little preview of what's coming up uh what's coming up european tour world tour championship uh the top 60 i believe in the race of dubai uh some big names going over there i saw morikawa was in his nice live flat pod from chicago to dubai i'm sure that wasn't too hard of a travel for him (laughs) Um, not on the private jet yet i guess he's he's only still what a, a second year player i think when you're flying like emirates it feels like a private jet <laughs> i don't know i well like i know in years in different years where covid isn't going on like essentially you just get phil yeah. takes his private jet and if you're lucky enough you get an invite on there and... <laughs> get an invite on there mm-hmm. uh so that'd be a good one and then i think i was actually just pointing up it's the women's u.s open uh next week as well yeah i thought we had looked that up and i, I think you're right yeah uh, so yeah, really good golf, and then I think after next weekend, that's going to be it for kind of the holiday break. So, and and when is PGA back? Not till January now. Century Tournament of Champions, I believe, is Ooh, the first one. Kapalua. I am, now, uh, I guess. So sorry, is Tournament of Champions? Is that for the season or is that for the year? So like, will Hovland get field. an invite? Or... There's the tur- there's the champions and then there's the 17 qualifiers by the that were in the tour championship from this past year. So, so but sorry, do winners of like this early 2021 season are they in that field or do you know? Uh, that's it's an unusual for Brian Gay. I'm... Yeah, he's in there. Okay, yeah. So Hovland will probably get an invite. Hovland's there. Um, Hovland already would have been in there, right, from Puerto Rico. Yeah. 
That's that's why it's more looking oh, for yeah. Brian Gay. I feel like he stood out, <laughs> stood out a little bit more. <laughs> um, when is that? That is January seventh. It says on the so almost PGA a full website. month month off for for the PGA. Yeah, Kapalua, Hawaii. Yep. Right on. What do you guys have coming up this week as far as content goes? Uh, we'll be doing some stuff on the on the European on the World Tour Championship. Um, yeah. Anything else, Adam? I, I think that's the gist of it. We'll be focusing I on that a little bit more in depth than we do sometimes because whenever we don't have PGA events, we get the uh, more time to to look at that. Yeah, just follow us on Twitter. We'll figure it out as the week goes along. Um, we'll carve it out and figure it out. Sounds good. Well, anything else you guys want to touch on before we wrap here? I'm all tapped. I'm good. Yeah. I feel right like there's on. something, but I am, I don't know. I've been up for since four o'clock my time, so I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, check out all our content at grandstandgolf.com. Uh, check out our YouTube channel where these guys put out just top-notch pick advice every for every tournament, everything you could possibly hope to know, yeah, these guys you know have it. it. So check it out. Um, thanks for listening, and we look forward to talking more golf with you in the future. Take care, everyone. See you guys. See you guys. Have a good one.